This is Culture A Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and this is a show where we'll deep dive on the good and the bad with Middle East HR and talent experts on their challenges, strategies, and success stories to inspire your own journey. Listen in and get ready to unlock potential and drive results with Culture A. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on Culture A today. Our next guest brings a very unique perspective on how the future of HR is being shaped by the integration of AI and technology. With over two decades of experience in HR and tech, he co-founded Augmented Workforce, aiming to blend AI tools with the human touch. He's very passionate about finding the equilibrium between digital tools and human talent, making him the perfect fit for my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got David Van Van Lochem with me. <laughs> I hope I got it right. Uh, you got it right. I got it right. Thank Good. you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. You're very. Thank you for having me, Sarah. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Just to give our listeners a bit of background on how I met David, I was actually filling David in on this. I was out and about running errands and checked my LinkedIn and the first post on my feed was from David who was celebrating, I think, a milestone or an event that he had recently been to for his company, Augmented Workforce. I hadn't heard of it before. I didn't know what it was. And it honestly really, really intrigued me. So I immediately just messaged you. I was like, <laughs> on a whim, I'm just going to message you and say, hi, David, and here's my podcast. And so I'm going to learn a lot about you today with my listeners, which usually isn't the case, but I'm very interested in speaking with you. So again, thank you. Okay, let's jump into our conversation. Sure. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? I'm interested to know about your background, how you got into HR. I know you've got a long-standing career, so kind of let's let's dive into that. Sure. I will keep it also for you and your listeners a little bit short and brief. Okay. Because I, <laughs> I've been in HR for a long period of time. I always introduce myself as this combination of HR, technology, and business. And let me explain that. And it might, might be also an interesting one for your listeners, like how you actually can diversify or how you can actually move your career in a certain area. So I'm from the Netherlands. I started my career in HR, but was always very interested in other related topics as well. So culture, I worked for Deloitte in the past, like in, in consultancy, doing sales. So I always was in HR, but often in kind of like areas that were close to HR. About 20 years ago, as you mentioned, I kind of got more into technology. And that was with a company about, that was in uh, uh, business information uh, called Cognos. And uh, from there, actually, I've always remained in the technology field. So I've done a lot of M&A work, went to different companies and the M&A work also kind of like brought me into the Middle East because okay. IBM acquired the company I worked for, Cognos. And I'm a big believer in reading and, and learning. And I just had read this book of Jack Walsh uh, called Winning. And one of the sentences he said was like, when you get acquired and you get this new companies taking over embrace it so i believe in kind of like embrace the change and that's what i quickly did and in in the first meeting that ibm had in paris they i told them like i want to get to know you as much as i and i want to kind of like like you as much as i like my current colleagues <laughs> <laughs> and the second thing is they told me initially like we need to know everything and i said in a process of change there is no way you can you can know every single step but you need to get to know each other so well and get to know each other what 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 is important for you so that you can trust each other and i think that's what i liked because they gave me the opportunity to integrate actually from the other side anyway that brought me to the middle uh, middle east i stayed with ibm for another six years longer than expected but mm. uh, i i stayed and then a good friend of mine uh, chro of a large company here he said david if you stay 
too long with IBM, too long with a large corporation like IBM. Nobody believes that you can still roll up your sleeves. So this yeah, is my trademark. Get your hands dirty. <laughs> get, get your hands dirty right. and build something. So that's what I did. And I joined another company that really where I had to build the HR function. How did I start maybe augmented workforce? Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to know because I, I don't know enough about it. So tell me yeah. everything. <laughs> so augmented workforce actually came and this is kind of like the same lay as you say, sometimes coincidence mm-hmm. Does it exist? Doesn't does it not exist? A former colleague of mine of Kognos, and she was based in the UK, visited Dubai, and she she reconnected. So we went for dinner, and, and people that have been longer enough in Dubai, they know probably about the donut boats that you have on the uh, Dubai Creek. We were in a donut boat having a <laughs> kind of like a very casual dinner, and she said, "David, people on birthday parties don't like to talk to me anymore." And I said, "Why? You're a lovely person. You're very bubbly, and 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 I don't get it." She said. Because I work for a company and what we do is we provide software bots. People think that we take away their jobs and mm. that's why they don't want to talk to me. So I got very intrigued by that one. I already kind of, of course had my fair amount of experience in technology. But then I had something like I want to do something with that. So I started studying uh, a bit of data science. I learned how to program Python. There's this technology called robotic process automation where she was working in. I went on every webinar I could find. Wow. I was often the the only one not living in Bangalore, I realized, but that was <laughs> very, very nice, very deep. And and I kind of like started speaking with the HR community about the impact. And this is actually how augmented workforce was born, really for kind of like the love of technology and also the belief that technology is actually positively impacting the lives of people. And people in this case is often employees. Right. So it's not here to replace, it's here to support. Yeah. That's the, the idea behind the, uh, the words. <laughs> the workforce. I love that. I love that. And w- like from the discussion that you guys had on the dinner boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The donut boat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until, until you really started to build something out. What was that timeline? Did it take a really long time? Yes. Yeah, so starting up a business. So the way I, I did it was like, okay, I have to be mindful of what I said, but I, I basically started <laughs> investing in myself and mm. investing in knowledge and, in, and building the ideas and building the relationships far before I actually started my business. So I think what you can do is kind of like start, there are so many sources to learn from, books, websites, YouTube, this podcast, <laughs> many, <Thank> many <laughs> other ways to learn. So that's one thing. Secondly, I really believe in connecting people. So I'm also kind of like together with two co-organizers. We have one of the largest regular HR meetups in the region. It's called Internet. It's under the umbrella of Internations. And we have, on average, we have between 100 and 120 people. So I really believe in connecting people and building your network way before you start your business. Mm-hmm. So and, and that's how I kind of like started. And I found my co-founder was already working in the space of robotic process automation had originally an HR background just like myself. And we decided to to join forces and to focus initially on uh, robotic process automation. Uh, That was back in mid-2019. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've really built something up quite quickly, I think. I mean, usually you see these things drag for... (laughs) And I think it doesn't help that you probably started just before... Well, it probably does help that it started just before COVID. No, COVID would have boosted? No, unfortunately. Well... It's it's a kind of like some technologies did did boost COVID, but also to be very frank, when you start your own 
adventure, your own business. As a, it doesn't matter if it's an HR professional or anything else. Initially, it's a lot of investment of yourself, time, money, everything else. So I was combining my work with also working for a company called KPI Soft around the time it's called Entomo now, what is predictive analytics applied to performance management. And they were kind of like selling to the same partly to the same audience as I was trying to sell the services and the solutions of augmented workforce. So I could combine it. COVID was actually a bit, so end of 2019 looked very, very good. But then what happened early 2020 COVID, I was literally, I remember I was standing with a proposal downstairs in a bank to hand (laughs) over the proposal. I still wanted to have printed proposals. And I just couldn't enter anymore. And nobody knew with COVID like how long it would take. Our solution was, the the other solution that I was representing, KPI Soft, was actually very suitable for a remote workforce. Augmented workforce could have been, but the implementation time wouldn't have have worked. And we didn't know. So basically, I, I decided to go to stay in technology, but to go for a moment of time into a more corporate role. So I mm. took on a CHRO role for a tech company based in Abu Dhabi. Okay. Uh, for that period of time. Okay, yeah. okay, interesting. It's a tough, tough ride. It's not always a straight line. It, I don't think it should be a straight line because I think if you've got a straight line, I think maybe you're doing something wrong or you're not paying attention to what's going wrong. You always, you always have to learn yeah. and be open in terms of like what the market teaches you. So when my business partner and I started in the RPA side, we... Of course, one of the questions we got was from HR, CHROs, HR people, can you automate my, my HR department? And the technology that we had around that time, robotic process automation, works very well for high volume, repetitive tasks. Mm-hmm. But we're really talking really high volume. And then if somebody in HR says it's a repetitive task and you analyze like it's two days a month that somebody is spending on this repetitive task in HR, the investment in RPA didn't often pay out. RPA wasn't kind of like intelligent enough enough to work with smaller amounts of data so we had we learned from that like and we did other projects as well like for a pharma company we automated their inventory lists that worked well but for two age people with an HR background to work in pharma is kind of like a stretch so you kind of (laughs) You, you you come back and kind of like look like, what can I really do? And I think the current uh, generation of generative AI is really providing so many more opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's intelligent automation, mm-hmm. uh, also for HR departments. Yeah, this topic comes up so much in the discussions that I've had, whether we're focusing on it or not, with a lot of my, my guests, because obviously we're at a very critical phase where everything's shifting towards automation. Yeah. Well, automation, I mean, everyone looks to automate, I think, to try and make things a little bit more to optimize so i think that's something that people have always done for years but ai is kind of like not knocking on the door it's like bulldozing through the room and people are trying to figure out how can we how can we integrate it into our day-to-day how do we make sure that it supports versus replaced so it sounds to me like when you first started augmented workforce it was really more tailored to like large-scale organizations because you needed that volume of repetitive tasks right to be able to help over time has this been tweaked to kind of cater for a smaller business as well yeah absolutely i mean automation when you look at it automating tasks was initially I wouldn't say it was dumb, but it was like it was a kind of like a band-aid where systems were not talking to each other. Okay. And it was mainly on, on high skill or high volumes. Bots were and, and they still are expensive, software bots. I mm. mean, 
look it up on the, on the internet how it works. It will, I can talk for hours <laughs> on that. <laughs> but now with AI is of course like a big container term, but like if you look at the generative AI tools like ChatGPT, like mm -hmm. BART, like, like many of the other ones, they can easily be, they're more intelligent, so easier to implement. And they can also, they, they are not so expensive relative. Some of them are free and you can, and, and it doesn't need coding. It doesn't need a lot of setup. Right. So everybody can use them. It's a kind of like, it's as almost, I would say as easy as using your mobile phone and everybody knows how to use a mobile phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's yeah. true. Yeah, I remember when ChatGPT <clears throat> first like popped its head around. I was like, "What on earth is this?" Yeah. I was so confused by it because I just thought, "What am I supposed to ask it?" Like, this is yeah. where. What do I prompt? Yeah. yeah. What do I prompt? Like, what, what am I looking for? What information yeah. can I do? I need right this second that I can't go on Google and type in and find out myself. And so I didn't know how to use it. And now it's so widespread and so far past ChatGPT, the different versions of it. And it's it's funny because people use it so much so that I, I've even spoken with people in the past where they're like you know i get emails from my employees and i don't know if my employees have written the emails or if it's coming from you, you never know anymore like where this is coming from but the use the usability that that ease makes everyone want more yeah you know because it's so convenient i guess and that's the yeah i mean it's like in my perception it does 80 percent of the work or some uh, like percentage we can talk about it but it probably does if you prompt it well it probably does 80 percent, but you still need to add the 20 percent. Yeah. yeah so it makes you so much more productive mm -hmm. when you think about it if you are of course the most common examples are people like for example content writers if you're a content writer you can produce five times more yeah <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> and, and if you don't do it somebody else will do it that's right. so and that's a kind of like why it's important to to adopt to AI. It makes your life, or why to adopt AI in your daily work. It makes your life easier, mm -hmm. but also you you can be far more productive. And yes, does it take away jobs? Yes, yeah, some some parts. But then that means that we can produce far more content. We can produce far more. We we can in as HR coming back to HR. If we can automate kind of like let's chat gpt take care of or not just chat gpt there are many other tools mm -hmm. take care of 80 percent of the work that we're currently doing in the more hr admin space and unfortunately a lot of us in hr are still very much in the hr admin space <laughs> yeah like it or not even if you're called an HR business partner mm -hmm. that's often the case if you can have ChatGPT write that for you then you can spend far more effort on the remaining 20% and really make it really personal and and kind of or spend time talking to people because because that's what you yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's yeah. the objective really yeah yeah and this is it's funny that you mentioned this because it's something that <clears throat> it's something that helped what's what's what am I looking for like it helped me create the idea of the podcast because specifically in the Middle East there's a misconception about what HR do a lot of organizations to no fault of their own there may be more of a traditional organization or uh, they they're not a global so they're only exposed to what they've seen here and what's been working for them they have this perception that HR is really operational and administrative and I wanted to kind of shed light that that's not at all the case. There's so much complexity involved in HR. There's so much that we do outside of just the admin or the processing, you know? So you touched on that. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I want to kind of circle back to your affinity for the Middle East, because for Middle East and North Africa, because, uh, sorry, and Africa, because you do have this affinity. What would you say, like, what are the unique ways that you see HR evolving in, in these regions compared to the rest of the world? Okay. I think there are many opportunities for HR in this region. And for me, the region is my original, originally my HR career started obviously in Europe. 
But I, I spent now the last 14 years a lot, not only in the Middle East, but also a lot in Africa, uh, South Africa, Kenya, East Africa. I think the, the big advantages of this region is that there's still so much to do. Mm-hmm. If you are kind of like in in this region, you can introduce new concepts, you can develop new things. And not only that, there's a concept called leapfrogging, where you actually say you just skip certain stages you go immediately to the next uh, stage. And okay. I think this is this makes this region unique. You don't you can learn from all the pain points in other regions and apply that or apply learn from it and just avoid them and, mm-hmm. and right. go away faster. <laughs> right. uh, and and it's it's like in everything. Like even if you look at fintech, for example, like if you take M-Pesa or Easy Pesa in Kenya, Easy Pesa in in or Easy Easy Pesa, it's called in Pakistan. You like they are already advanced compared to some of the pay, uh, peer-to-peer payment systems in 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 other countries. Mm-hmm. So you can just leapfrog your way in so i really like that the second part that i really enjoy but that's more compared to the netherlands is that this region is very personal mm-hmm. um, a lot of cultures are more personal oriented and what gives people a very good 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 feeling you can really create this this level of belonging in in that sense you can really make a difference it's yeah. not cold it's warm this it, region yeah. is warm it's true it's true yeah. and and i think that's how also that's how relationships are <laughs> formed even from a business perspective or like a professional perspective, you don't just you don't just cold call your way to a meeting here. That that absolutely doesn't work. Yeah. You need to build that relationship. You need to have that one-on-one connection. There needs to yeah. be like some sort of I don't want to say trust, but there needs to be a familiarity that's established before anyone wants to sit down and really talk about business. So you're right. And because of that, there's so much opportunity, I think, in even in ways like your the the networking opportunity that you've created, I'm sure is super beneficial for the individuals that attend it because those are relationships that they're cultivating that they wouldn't have access to true otherwise so it sounds really really interesting i'm, I'm interested in this uh, networking <laughs> let <laughs> me know more about it one yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's talk about actually integrating ai into hr practices okay what would you say are some of the challenges that you faced but i'm also more interested in let's let's pick one big challenge and if you can tell me how you overcame that challenge right when you talk about ai i kind of like want to make like I said, AI is a very big... Yeah, you uh, want to break it down. I want to break it down. Okay. So there's one element of, let's call it automation, where you kind of like make your 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 work or your life easier. So that's the one that we just discussed. There is mm-hmm. another one about how you make decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's called people in the HR field, it's called people analytics, tenant analytics, workforce analytics. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that HR professionals should look at both in order to upgrade your 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 position in the organization, upgrade the organization actually as such. So one of the challenges, if you look at people analytics, is that we recently launched actually, and that was probably the post that you saw, the, the first people analytics community in the UAE mm. or in the Middle East probably. A lot of decisions, good decisions are made with your head, with your heart and with your gut. Don't forget your gut, don't forget your heart, but your head is filled, should be filled with data uh, and, and facts <laughs> and that's a kind of like an area where i believe that people uh, that that people who are in the field of um, uh, taking care of employees hr people people in culture whatever you call yourself you should prepare yourself and the, and the issue is like if you look at the profession right now it's still very early and still very in, 
infantile and well, almost say compared to, to other parts of the world. And at the same time, if you look at the CHROs, I cannot generalize, but there are many that don't really use data to, or they use very limited data in terms of, and, and probably more input-oriented data versus like results, like combined areas and, and looking more at results, like how do you actually influence business results with with people-related, or how do you make decisions in, in regarding business results with people-related data? So you see that, that that is not working yet. And I would say how to overcome that. It's a difficult question because it's a bit of catch-22. If you don't get the data as a CHRO, mm-hmm. you don't get it from your team. Mm-hmm. You're not able to present. You're not able to kind of like adapt to it. And at the same time, if you're not adapted to it, you're, you're probably also not get the budgets together to put a proper function into place. Right. So that's the reason why we found this, founded this, this community to see how we can at least upgrade the function. And then hopefully we also, the other part of my role is also to speak to leaders in HR and beyond, like the CEOs, etc., to kind of like show them how to take better decisions with people analytics-based data. Right. Um, yeah. It's it's interesting. You know, I I spent six years <coughs> working for Amazon, which is heavily focused on data, yeah. very very data driven. So much so that it's part of our conversation, right? They're always at like data is always yeah. at the forefront of whatever you're discussing. S- since then, I've had many conversations, and it's it's funny because when you are accustomed to a certain depth or let's say a certain um, depth of data okay and you you're not getting that from other individuals you do feel like there's a little bit of a gap you feel like you know are your perceptions based on anecdotal feedback versus you know how are you driving results forward if you don't know specifically where you are and where you want to go it's not mm-hmm. just you know so it's it's a big one it's a big one and I can see how you're you're trying to solve yeah. for that. Yeah, and, and you, you're just giving an example of a large corporation like Amazon. I've got, of course, pretty a lot of experience with IBM, where mm. we also kind of like start playing before Watson came up. We already started playing with predictive analytics applied to reward decisions, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Many companies here in the region, regional companies, local companies, they're they're not at that stage yet. So yeah, I see great opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> see, they, great they're opportunities. definitely great opportunities. And yeah. actually, I'm speaking to a lot of people that are through that transformational phase that are looking to. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about employee experience, okay? Because I know that your solutions try and prioritize employee experience. How would you say augmented workforce plays a role in enhancing this? Right. Whenever we work on designing a solution, we always look first, like, how, do, how does it fit into the employee journey and how is the employee experience, how is the user experience in, okay. that, in that solution? Mm-hmm. So that's that's really important. The other thing is that AI makes it also possible to be to hyper-personalize a lot of things. Frankly, to if you look at the current tools, that's not so easy, but it's definitely coming up more. It's a kind of like your, everybody is always using the Netflix example, and that's probably the easiest one to, to use. Like Netflix, if you, if they put recommendations up for you, it should really be something that you really want to watch. Mm-hmm. The data, the amount of data that we are collecting, and I think the first step was, of course, to get the data right. So the large players in terms of HRMS and also some smaller players have played a great role in, mm-hmm. in getting the data, data right. Now, the next thing is, what are you going to do with that data? Mm-hmm. And that's where I see the opportunity to really build it around the, the employee experience and, and build it and from a design thinking perspective, really take that persona as an employee like what do I need I don't need a handbook with 300 pages I need to get to know what I need to do I want to get an experience where it really like my rewards my benefits should be probably even more adapted to what I get so 
get to know your people and then try to kind of like integrate it into your offering, your employee uh, value proposition. Mm -hmm. I think that's the that's the element of it. So when you work with organizations for augmented workforce, doesn't that make your doesn't it make it harder for you? Because are you trying to tailor what you can offer them so that it makes sense for them and for their employee experience? To, like, are you trying to look at what problems are they specifically trying to solve? Yes, actually, our we're, we're not built on one technology. Okay. So for, for me, it's really important to tailor whatever, what, what we propose, the journey that we, we, we work on, we tailor it towards what the client uh, okay. wants. And the client is, of course, your, your direct client, but your, your end clients are your employees mm. and, and the total organization. Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. Can't be. It can't be easy. It sounds really complex, to be honest. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, fun. Good. good. At least it's still fun. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Okay. I want to focus a little bit more on you as a person. I have two, two questions from a personal perspective, if you don't sure. mind. You you touched on it earlier about how you kind of self educate, and I think you have described yourself as forever a learner. How would you say continuously continuous learning? Because that's obviously something that's super important, but especially within this space, the AI space, the larger umbrella. How has that shaped your approach to HR outside of augmented workforce? Like, how has it changed your mindset? Okay, I think I have to say I always way before AI became really a thing. I always had this approach that I studied HR, got my bachelor's degree in HR back in back in the Netherlands. Then my follow-up studies were never really in the same line. I really okay. believe in one organization taught me about this T-shape being broad and being deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to, but I think it's not even a T-shape. I think you can even have multiple vertical lines, okay. if that makes sense. I think you need to be broad. You need to be very interested in a lot of fields, especially when you work in HR. You cannot, business acumen is, is extremely important. So be curious. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first one. And curious is like you you, you just talk to people, read about it. Like it's not only desktop, it's the combination of desktop and, and, and talking to people. Mm-hmm. So that's your first layer. Read the newspapers, etc. And then choose a few fields. And like I said, I mean, for me, it is not a T-shape. You can be, there can be multiple multiple vertical ones choose choose a few areas there where you really want to go deep and there are so many ways of going deep and and i also believe like why did i study python not because i wanted to be a coder i don't think i would even be a good coder but uh, (laughs) it's more like to really understand how it works And I think that's the other element that I would really recommend as well. I I did, for example, also project management professional because I wanted to kind of like get a better understanding how it works. Not that I'm going to be a full-time project manager, but like Mm -hmm. this this gives you that. And I would recommend the same in HR, like choose a few areas that you're really, really going to be really good at and then be broad because otherwise you might end up in a niche Let's say you're going to be fully specialized in benefits in a certain area. Mm. That's very difficult to get out. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. I, I have my own experience with that, actually. And, you know, <clears> I spent <throat> I spent 16 years in talent acquisition. Right. And then on the 17th year, I was presented with an opportunity to move into a program management role. And it was so, so different from what I was used to within talent acquisition, you know, whether you're in a strategic position or not, there's always an element of execution. Yeah. You know, there's a, it's a delivery focused function. And uh, as a program manager, I started doing my PMP and I started learning about it and I was thrown into it at work and I started to pick up projects. It's very, very different in the way that you operate. That shift, that, that push out of my comfort zone was so beneficial for me. And it's something that I didn't see 
in 16 years. In 16 years, I was building my career and I'm like, you know what? Stick to what you know, excel in it, be great in it, you know, just power through kind of thing. And that's... Go deeper and deeper. Go, yeah, exactly. Go deeper and deeper and really yeah. just kind of lead it, you know? And that's that was my aspiration. And then I moved out and it opens your eyes to this whole other world. It pushes you in ways that you need to learn that you weren't aware that you could do. And so I so I, I understand, I relate with what you're saying. It's And it's nice to see that it's not something that was just like tickling at you right before augmented workforce it's actually how you always were so that's that's really good to see yeah yeah and i would kind of like look in it's it's good like you, most people are curious so use that curiosity yeah. of you and and, yeah. and go and and the other thing is what i think is good what is happening right now in terms of one of the trends is transferable skills like you said like certain things that you did in your career in talent acquisition that you can take would or could or have been yeah. very beneficial in program right. management right. and i think so far it's often very traditional have what have you studied what is what is what is your previous role instead of looking like what actually did you learn in this role mm -hmm. and, and what what are the the skills that you had to use right. i think the ai is also supporting supporting kind of like more that personalization and more kind of like looking at people in a different way mm -hmm. uh, that's amazing that's points. super interesting yeah. my last question is a question that i ask everybody that comes on the show okay what would your advice be to hr professionals who are just starting off their career and also the seasoned hr professionals like what would your top piece of advice be for each of okay. them okay i i've always had very good advice when I, I i started my career in hr actually very young like i was i think i i, I did my studies in the evening so i i started i think i was 18 or something like mm -hmm. that when i started in an hr related role i've always benefited from having some more seasoned senior people who are genuine so use your your gut feel to find out who's genuine and and kind of like doesn't play politics yeah and get some good advice from them some honest feedback like and that really helped me in my career back in the netherlands back when i worked for the ministry of economic affairs all the way up i wouldn't have been probably in the role in ibm and moved to the middle east if i wouldn't have had a great mentor somewhere based in the us who was really good in kind of like coaching me somewhere mm. so look for that don't think you can do it all by yourself so that's for my advice for for young people you think you know everything maybe or you don't but like <laughs> you might think you know everything just look for this kind of like somebody that you look can look up to and get that advice and then for people who are more seasoned maybe because i'm getting a bit older myself mm. I, I realize like there is nothing like in your head you're still as young as you want to be right <laughs> your body gets older there's nothing you well you can keep it up a little bit but like in the end it's there's not much you can you cannot stop that process but in your head you're you still are so i don't think I've, i think it's more in your head that you cannot change careers like you, yes it's hard to do a kind of like a completely different different job but you can still steer your career in certain directions mm -hmm. and uh, i feel like even doesn't matter which, which age you are unless you're one year before retirement but otherwise <laughs> you can still um, still make that change and there are so many opportunities now to learn that doesn't need to be in uh, kind of like a very expensive training institute that yeah. will give you that yeah. You know, that's a really good piece of advice, honestly, because so many people go through that in their mind. I mean, mm. I, I questioned it myself. You know, is it too late? Why would I switch all of a sudden and what start from scratch all over again? Like that's and I think that's the that's the apprehension people have is you have to start from scratch and learn everything all over again versus being an individual that can easily like consult 
about you know whatever your uh, area of specialization is but it's uh, that shift that that learning i think as you get older you also you be, you understand the value of being adaptable and you understand the value of feedback and yeah. you absorb things a lot more you know i think my approach to my second career was very different to my 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 first kind of stint you know you're new you're fresh you mm -hmm. don't know anything yet so you're just kind of like okay i'll do that okay i'll do that you know yeah. so it's it's a really really good piece of advice i like that Thank you. Okay, David, I'm going to wrap up. It's been actually a real pleasure <laughs> for me. And honestly, it, it went by really fast, I feel like. Um, but I've, yeah, I've enjoyed learning about augmented workforce. I don't doubt that you have many, many years ahead of you um, as a business. I think, you know, the opportunities there. So it's just going to be very exciting to see that growth. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. And I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, uh, Sarah. And I look forward for maybe a next one about the connections. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. We will do that. <laughs> okay. <have it. laughs> Thank, you, Thank so you so much. For those of you who are listening in, please like, share and subscribe. If you have any questions for myself or David about anything uh, or augmented workforce, just reach out, let us know, and we'll be happy to have a conversation. So thank you, everybody, for listening in. Thank you once again. Thank you.